The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is What the Heck with Mike Heck on MMAFighting.com. Now, here is your host, Mike Heck. What the heck? Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Heck here on MMAFighting.com. I am Mike Heck. Hope you're all having a great week so far as we are in the midst of a rare weekend off from a lot of the major promotions in mixed martial arts. we got no UFC this weekend, no Bellator this weekend. We found out last week that the one championship event that featured that pretty damn cool Atomweight Grand Prix, that has been postponed. PFL off once again this week. I know there is a Kombache Global card. XFC is back later on this week on NBC Sports. So you will have some MMA to watch if you choose to do so, but no UFC, no Bellator. There you go. But uh, a very busy weekend this past weekend in the world of mixed martial arts. Friday, we had the return of Invicta, their debut on Access TV. They crowned a new flyweight champion in Karina Rodriguez. Alicia Zapatella retained her Atomweight title. Close fight in the co-main event. She won via split decision. We had Bellator back on Friday as well. Chris Cyborg, what a performance she had. Retained her featherweight title. A tremendous showing. She put away an absolutely toughest nails game. Leslie Smith with less than 10 seconds into the fight. I think there was nine seconds left when the referee finally called it off. But some great performances there at beautiful and scenic Mohegan Sun Arena in Uncasville, Connecticut. Uh, and a couple of those performances we will highlight on the show this week. The UFC, they were back on Saturday as well. Rob Font. Put some respect on Rob Font's name if you haven't done so already. He picks up a dominant decision win against Cody Garbrandt. It was as one-sided as, as you can get. I know the first round, a couple people thought maybe maybe Cody won it. I thought Font won every single round. The numbers sort of answered, kind of have the same story I had. And it just got better and better as the fight went on for Rob Font. He's in an interesting spot right now. Not sure where they go from here, but... If I'm the UFC right now, especially at the top of this division when we have no idea when Aljamain Sterling is coming back, we have no idea when that rematch with Piotr Jan is happening. I know Aljo has said October, recently Instagrammed out that maybe it'll be November, but you never know when you're dealing with surgeries and neck injuries and things like that because we've seen other fighters deal with these injuries. Some can bounce back quick, some are out a little bit longer. I just... Don't know if I buy that we're going to see this fight in October, November. Maybe we will. I hope we do because I really want to see it. But even if it's still November, even if we don't see that title fight in November, what happens on July 25th? Because, by the way, and and I'll say this again, the fight between Corey Sandhagen and TJ Dillashaw, 
The targeted date is July 24th. That fight is not done as we re-record this right now. Pen has not gone to paper, as far as I've been told. But that is the target. That is what everybody seems to be leaning towards right now. What happens on July 25th? Is Corey Sanhagen or TJ Dillashaw going to wait until 2022 to fight again? Just to get the title shot? I don't know. So I, if I'm the UFC and I'm everybody involved, I think... We treated Rob Font's fight against Cody Garbrandt as part of the first round of this quasi little mini tournament to crown a new number one contender. I think that's exactly what they do. Because I don't think it's fair to have Rob Font fight Frankie Edgar or fight the loser of Jose Aldo versus Pedro Munoz for the winner of that fight. I don't think it's fair. I think Rob Font should fight either the winner of Dillashaw Sanhagen or fight for the belt. Plain and simple. So why not just... If this fight happens in November, let's just say they go back to Madison Square Garden and you got Sand and you, excuse me, all these bantamweight names drive me crazy. And you got Alderman Sterling versus Piero Yan on that card. Let's just say November's at MSG. There's probably going to be a couple other title fights. You just throw Rob Font versus the winner of Sanhagen versus D- Dillashaw on that same card. There you go. One, because you're putting the spotlight on the division, adding another bantamweight fight, just proving to the world that bantamweight is just awesome. And two, you got a contingency plan in place. If something happens before that fight and one of those guys can't go, you get two other options right there. I think that's the best way to go about it. You just have the fights, let them run this little mini tournament, the winners of those fights in November, then they fight next chance in 2022. I think that's the way to go. We'll see what happens there. Carla Sparza, by the way, she should not be in any other conversation unless she's fighting Rose Namajunas for the strawway title after that performance. Made a gigantic statement stopping Yan Zhaonan. That was some showing. She did exactly what she needed to do and then some to earn that title shot. She could have been a little more fiery on the mic, but that's not really her style. Because if Yan Zhaonan won that fight, there's no doubt in my mind she was fighting Rose Namajunas. There would be no talk about a Zhang Weili rematch. They would have given Yan Zhaonan the shot. And I understand why. I'm also not surprised... And I said this after UFC 261, I would not be surprised if the UFC ran back Rose Namajunas versus Zhang Weili if Carla Esparza won. And that's what happened. But I don't know if anybody expected Carla to go out there and just put it on Yan Zhan on the way she did. That was something else. And we'll see what happens there. But if I'm Carla Esparza, I ain't fighting again until that title is on the line. So even if there's the, the UFC does go ahead and rebook that rematch, and do it again with Rose and, and Zhang Wei Li. Carla Sparza, her next fight will be against the winner. There's, there's there's just no other way about it. Like, what else does this woman need to do? She's won five in a row. That was an exclamation point right there. So, there you go. A lot to like about all those events this past weekend. But I'd be lying. I would be lying if I said I wasn't happy there's no UFC event this weekend. I'll, I'll take the breather. And I was telling AK this on AK Lee on, on to the next one. If the UFC took like this past weekend off and then put this card with Font and Garbrandt on this Saturday, I think it would have gone over a lot better. I enjoyed it, but I think a lot of people kind of experiencing that 262 hangover a little bit and, you know, just just a lot of events in a row. And this, I love it. I love watching the fights and, and covering them and all that. But, you know, I'll take the breather. Long holiday weekend here in the U.S. Doesn't mean we're taking a breather from covering the sport. It just means no UFC this weekend. And uh, I'm going to enjoy the three-day weekend. But that reminds me, slight scheduling change next week on the show. Instead of this program dropping on Tuesday, it will actually drop on Wednesday due to the long weekend here in the United States. And the big reason why is, there's a couple of reasons. One, I'm going to be heading to Boston this weekend. My parents are getting ready to move out of my childhood home in the Boston area. So we're going to help them load all the stuff into one of those pods and so they could take it to Florida with them. And then when we come back here to Western Mass on Monday, that is Memorial Day here in the U.S., we're actually going to have a new member of the family joining us. Uh, a brand new adopted dog is supposed to be making its way here to the beautiful Berkshires to to make the Heck Clan a, a clan of four. So I'm very excited for that, but that'll be a day to kind of like hang out with with the dog and get him acclimated and, and all that stuff. So we will make the show happen on Wednesday next week uh, because of that. I want to make sure the dog just doesn't lose his mind 
being in this house with this crazy family. But uh, let's run down the lineup for this week's show. Three guests joining the program. Here they are back on the show. Danny Sabatello is going to join us coming off his dominant decision win over Brett Johns at Bellator 259 on Friday. And look, he came on this program last week. He said some things that a lot of people sort of chuckled at and guy goes into the Bellator cage. He did exactly what he said he was going to do. He dominated Brett Johns and he kind of wants to come on here once again and send a message to the rest of the Bellator Bantamweight division and he will do so later on to wrap us up. Speaking of Bellator debuts, it was a damn good one for Mississippi's Hannah Guy who handed Valerie Lareda her first loss as a professional to kick off the main card. She had Valerie in trouble multiple times. She was in trouble herself, Hannah Guy. She got dropped pretty hard in that first round, but Hannah battled back, almost submitted her. Some of those positions she had Valerie in were nasty. That arm bar seemed like it was in forever. Valerie's in a looked like a full arm cast. She suffered some ligament damage in the fight, but Hannah Guy went in there and did the damn thing. We'll speak with the Hurricane about that, her future, and much more. But first, people have been asking me about this gentleman for over a week now. So I wanted to bring him back on the show for, I believe, I know he's talked about what happened at UFC 262, but I believe this is his first interview since that event in Houston, Texas. So I wanted to bring him back and I really appreciate this. Let us welcome back Shane Burgos. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, so truth be told, I have been bugging this man for a little over a week now, and it means a lot that he has agreed to to join me coming off his fight of the night against Edson Barboza at UFC 262. The fight ended in a way that, honestly, I've never really seen before in the third round. So let us welcome Shane Burgos to the program to talk all about it. Shane, thank you for doing this, man. How are you? I'm good, man. I mean, I've been better, but yeah, I'm all right. Well, I, I have been a pest. I do apologize for that, but uh, but thank you again. First things first, It's it's been a little over a week since the fight has happened. How are you feeling right now? That's more important than anything else. Physically or mentally? <laughs> Both. Uh, physically, I feel pretty good. Um, I got a couple bumps and bruises or anything like that. Uh, no headaches or anything like that. Um, I feel pretty damn good. I'm, I'm just ready to get back to training. I want to so fucking bad, but uh, obviously I'm taking it safe. I have family, so I take my, my health very seriously. So I'm taking it taking it easy, but I'm able to ride the bike and stuff like that. So uh, I've been doing that basically every day, riding the bike, like the airline bike and the, the regular uh, spin spin bike. been doing that a lot. But uh, other than that, I can't wait to get back to training. Man. <laughs> uh, mentally, how I'm doing mentally, um, I'm, I'm pissed. At, I'm really fucking irked and, and annoyed. Um. But it, it is what it is. I can't do anything to change it. So I've, I've accepted it and I'm going to grow from it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move past it. I'm not just going to sit and dwell on it. But uh, yeah, when you ask how, uh, how I'm doing, like the first thing I'm, I'm, I think of is I'm, I'm just fucking mad, man. It, it, it hurts. Is it just is it the loss or is it just like the whole package, like the whole fight, everything around it? No, but I, I thought the fight was a, I thought it was a fun fight. I thought it was going good. I thought it was going my way. Uh, I'm just mad that, I mean, I guess, not mad, but I didn't like I I threw the punch, I threw a jab, and I brought my hand right back to my head. He just came over the top with it. It wasn't like I threw the jab, brought it back down here, and he called me clean, me being lazy. Like I threw it straight out, brought it straight back. He came around it, 
and it wasn't like so so i mean i have no excuses when it comes to that and i felt great like uh, the fight week was so smooth the weight cut was so smooth i i really have no excuses uh i just got caught so i guess that's the frustrating part and the part that maybe if maybe if i had excuses it would be easier to accept but uh not having excuses it kind of just hurts it's like damn i just what the fuck man and then on top of that like i talked about this on my youtube channel actually i, I only have i have three losses ever and all three of those losses came from the third round all three of those losses came to top top 10 guys uh, all three of those losses came to really good opponents that that, that just they, they just caught me in that third round which is the ironic part because i always feel so damn good going to the third round in training i always feel great um in the fight i always feel phenomenal going to that last round i'm ready to empty my gas tank completely into that in that third round and to have that happen three fucking times now it's like dude what the fuck and, and and each time i feel like i've gotten better like the first time i got i got lazy i got caught second time uh i got reckless just running into emmett and then this time I just threw the punch, brought it back to my head, and he came around my hand. And my hand was still up, so it's just super frustrating that I feel like I didn't. I feel like I did. I did the right things, and I still fucking came up short. So it's super frustrating. Yeah, a, a lot to digest from the fight and, and what you just said there. And I think one thing that everybody can agree on is that the fight lived up to the hype for sure. I mean, this was the one everybody had circled on their cards, quote unquote, the people's main event. It was a back and forth battle. He was firing off those calf kicks early, but you were still sort of putting the pressure on him. You were landing the jab. You were going to the body early on. How much of those calf kicks affect you in the early going? I, honest to God, it didn't affect me at all. I'm not. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. A lot of people ask me that, but man, I'm walking normally already. Like uh, literally right after the fight, yeah, my leg was hurting, and I fully expected that. That was that's not the first time that's happened. So I fully expected it right after the fight because the adrenaline wears off. But I'm telling you, I have a super high pain tolerance, and in there. I knew I was. This is gonna look bad if I just let him kick my leg the whole fucking time. The other side of me is like, I'll, I'll eat the leg kick to, learn, to throw my punches. But I was like, you know what? Don't give away any of the fucking leg kicks. Don't don't be an idiot. I've been in this situation before where I want. When I fought his teammate, actually Charles Rosa, he kicked my leg even more than than uh, Barboza did, and I just let him kept kicking my leg just so I could throw my hands. Uh, but after the fight, I won that fight. But after the fight. My leg was chewed the fuck up for a while after that one. So I knew that I was like, I'm not trying to just let this motherfucker kick my leg fucking all he wants. So um, I knew I had to, to, to start checking those. I started throwing front kicks on him so, so he couldn't uh, land him as good. I, I, did, I think I did better in the second round checking in and making a miss a little bit with the low kicks. But um, yeah, honestly, God, it really didn't hurt me when I was in the fight. I, I can walk normal. I was fine. I felt like I could, I could bounce my feet and everything like that. I know it's it's kind of tough to gauge how the fight's going while you're in there because you probably you might see things then then differently than we see them on the broadcast that your coaches yep. are seeing. After the first two rounds, like how were you in your corner feeling the fight was going? Like, did you all think it was one one? Did you think you were down two rounds, up two rounds? Like, what was that conversation like? Uh, they thought it was one one. I thought it was one one, uh, but I didn't really put too much stock into that. I just. I, like I always say, this, I'll get the fight as three separate fights. You get the first round is the first fight, the second round is the second fight, and the third round is the third fight. And I look for every round. I'm trying to take the guy out. So going into that third round, I, I was fully prepared to just pour the gas on, to empty my gas tank in that in that last round. Um, but yeah, uh, we we thought it was one one going into the third. You have you came out more aggressive in the third, clearly, and then he landed that right hand, and it seemed like you were fine. Like it seemed like you were good. And then, like, it's it seemed like I was watching for 10 seconds before everything happened. So, I mean, I, I don't know if you can even sort of recollect, like, how that all went down. But, like, what – I know you talked about on your YouTube page, too. But, like, what were those seconds like from the best of your recollection from when the right hand landed to when the fight was actually waved off? Yeah, I I, I remember – the weirdest part is I remember everything, which everyone's pretty surprised about. Like, it's not – I don't have any, like – uh loss of memory when it comes to that i'm like it's weird i remember it so we were fighting i threw the jab i bring it back to my head and he threw a, a fucking fast overhand right and i didn't even see it i was like boom hit me and i was like i was like this is weird i remember thinking my, my uh, i felt like my uh vision was slowly coming to a tunnel vision my legs were slowly getting like uh the power of my legs just slowly turned off it felt like someone was turning the volume down like the power button kind of on my legs where i was like remember, i was bouncing like this and i kept dipping down and when i was dipping down i was trying to come back up to fully and i was slowly just getting lower and i was like all right what the fuck is going on i remember thinking like i can't stand the fuck up i was like what is going on so my mind was all there but my body just wasn't there and i'm like my legs just completely it was slowly and then it was just off and i just when i fell back in the cage and then that was it 
Had you ever experienced anything even close to that before? No, no, that was weird. That was weird. It was weird. Because yeah, I, I, like you said, I don't even remember it. when he threw the punch. It was so fast that that he hit me with something. I was like, all right, hit me with something. And I just remember all, all of a sudden it was slowly and then shut off. Weird. I mean, did you? I, I, I saw did, some uh, some doctor did like a review or something like that. I didn't even watch it, but I heard uh they were attributing it to my to my conditioning or to my cardio and that, which is I guess that's a compliment, but it sucks. Did you feel like you mentioned when it happened, like it was like the volume got turned down. So like as time progressed, did you feel it start to slowly move back up to like get you back to your feet and like the wits started yeah. to come back? Did you know how long that took? Literally, as soon as the fight ended, like as soon as the referee stopped the fight and I and he, I, I definitely went out for a second. I remember that where I was like, I woke up and I was like, oh my God, you fight. I, I stood up and I looked around I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like I just knew, knew the fight was over. I was like, I, he caught me with something. And I remember laughing in the moment because I, it, I just was in complete disbelief. Where I, I really could not, it, it felt like it was going my way. And I was like, are you kidding me? I really just got hit with something. And that's what I just, I, it was just the weirdest. It was a weird feeling. It really was. I was just like in complete disbelief. We saw the moment in the back where you and Edson were, were talking and you guys obviously showed a lot of respect for each other. He was blown away by how the fight ended as well. Um, but what did you guys say to each other in the cage before Bruce Buffer read the decision? Like, I know you got back to your feet. You guys had a little moment in there. Are, are you able to share what you guys said to each other? Uh, he was giving me props. I was giving him props too. And then I was at, at the part where I was laughing. I was like, dude, what'd you hit me with? He was like, I don't know. <laughs> weird. And I was like, well, and I, I was confused. I was like, what was weird? And he was like, the way he was, he was just like, I, I don't know what I hit you with. And then I see, see the thing. And I'm like, wait, that was when, cause I, I didn't remember like what thinking back. I remember, but in the moment, I didn't remember my leg shutting off like that until backstage when I, when I talked to my coaches, they were like, yeah, you, you went down like after the punch. I was like, Oh, I do remember that fucking gotta be kidding me. So in that moment, I was just really confused. One thing that sort of stood out from our pre-fight chat was you were talking about the Josh Emmett fight and you admitted that one of the big downfalls was that you probably had too much fun in there. And one of the things that was kind of on my mind in terms of breaking the fight down was heading into it was, how will the fans getting rowdy and reacting to such a crazy fight? Like, how would that play into it? So I'm curious, like, if the fans being so loud and and boisterous, did that have any effect to you at all? Like, were you eating that up? Uh, I I definitely was enjoying it, but I wasn't. Um, I didn't let it consume me where I was uh reckless. I, I felt like like again, I got caught 100. He caught me. He did a great job catching me, but that was more props to him than me being lazy. And I mean, like, like I said, I threw the jab, I brought my hand straight back to my face and he just came over the top. So I, I didn't get caught up in that moment of, I knew it was a really exciting fight. I knew it going to the third round. I could feel it. I feel the, the energy of the crowd. I was trying to pump them up into that. So I, so I, I understood it, but I, in the back of my mind was like, don't get caught up in this. Don't get caught up in this again. And I felt like I didn't. And I still fucking came up short. That's why, it, again, that's why this one really fucking hurts. It really does. Dana White, Dana White spoke to the media after the event. He essentially said, sort of the same thing he stated after Calvin Cater's loss to Max Holloway, like no talking to anybody, like get your ass to the hospital and take care of yourself. Like what was that process? Like, yeah. if you don't mind me asking, like how long were you there? Like what kinds of tests did they put you through before they let you go? Like, what was that like? Dana was cool. He came with me after my fight. He ran over to me and talked to me a little bit like that. He's telling me, he's like, don't worry about me and that. I sent you right to the hospital. It was like, that was an amazing fight. And I was trying to just, in the moment, I was just like, just tell me that I was fighting the night right now. I was like, I know the rest of the card's not done, but, that, that was fighting the night, right? He's like, uh, I'm, he's like, so far. I'm like, all right, I'm taking your word for it. That's fighting the night. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that honestly, that they sent us. The, the only thing that sucked about that was I had to go to the hospital right away, and I, I, I really felt fine, which is super frustrating. I was like, this is just annoying. We go to the hospital, and one of the the nurses tells us, oh, the, I don't know why they sent you here. This is the busiest hospital in the country, the busiest ER in the country. And I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? It's like, this is number one rated busiest ER in the entire country. I was like not just the state of texas she's like no the country i'm like you gotta be kidding me so i was there for right after my fight we went and i, I don't remember what time i got there but main car was at nine i probably fought i probably got there at 9 45 9 40 right i didn't end up getting back to the hotel by like 3 15 a.m oh my god yeah i was there for a long ass time did some uh they did a, a, a cat scan of my of my head and it came back fine but it just took forever to get the cat scan i was just sitting there twiddling my thumbs we had to eat like the hospital cafeteria food like and there was a couple other fights i was in there with jocker too he was in there for hours it was a bunch of us in there like 
for a long time. And within one hour that we were there, four people came in with gunshot wounds. It was a pretty, that experience was pretty crazy. I saw a guy getting like, see, getting resuscitated on a gurney, like running, running him by my room. Guys standing on 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 the emergency table, guys pushing it. While the guy's pushing it, the guy's on his chest, reviving him. The guy's just lifeless. I'm like, this is insane. I was like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> so you're probably like so relieved to go back to your hotel yeah. and beat yeah, feet. And then I get back, back to the hotel. My flight is at 7 a.m. So I got to leave by 5 a.m. So by the time I'm done showering, it's for something. I'm like, I didn't even go to sleep. Literally didn't even get a chance. I had my, I had my cup and fight shorts and blood all over me <laughs> until 4 a.m. I was like, this is ridiculous. So that part oh, fucking sucked. Yeah. Might have more. You get home the next day after all of that, man. And then you, you put out that statement, you let everybody know that you're good. You know, you're, you're the, you're the patriarch of this growing family that you have. You, you, you just welcomed a, a new baby into the world. So I assume they, yeah. along with the extra $75,000 that you did get for the fight of the night, kind of softens the blow a little bit, but I mean, how would you, I guess, describe the last week or so since you got home? I mean, I've just been trying to let go, like I said before, accept it and uh, grow from it, move past it. I don't want to dwell on it too much, and uh, I can't, I can't dwell on it too much because it wouldn't be fair to my, to my wife and my kids. Because then, then who, I'm not dad anymore. I mean, like now is the time for me to just be dad, be to be a husband again, and not to be consumed with the fight. Like I'm, I'm out of it now. What happened happened. I made some good money. Could have made more money had I won, obviously. So that that sucks. But um, I, I just gotta be. I got to be dad. I got to focus on that. So that's all I've been doing. Like we just came back to the zoo, brought my daughter to the zoo. Just, just been trying to do things with her, just to just keep her having fun. And because uh, nobody really sees the sacrifice and um, the the, the self discipline that goes into a fight camp, especially for me, because I I mean I don't know how, how else I don't anyone else feels, but uh, everyone knows I'm a big featherweight. So for me to make 145 safely and smoothly the way I do, I'm super meticulous about my diet. Everything that I eat is is weight or or, or size. Um, I never eat anything. If we go out to dinner, I'm bringing my own food. Like everything is super, super strict, super organized, super disciplined. And uh, that takes a toll on me mentally a little bit. Like, you mean, you, you get cranky, you get moody. And um, the only people that are really going to get the shitty end of that is my family. So I, and I don't want to be that. I don't want to be. So when I, when I don't have a fight anymore, I just want to be normal dad. I want to be, fuck, let's go get some ice cream. Let's go, let's go do this and do that and have, have fun and not have to stress about me making 145. You know yeah. I, I, I asked that a lot. I'm like, I don't know how this man makes, makes 145, but you do it so easily. Like it does. I mean, it just looks easy. I mean, I know it's not, but it looks easy. You know what I mean? Yep. I, I appreciate that. It, it, yeah. The actual cutting weight part isn't that bad. The dieting down to a safe weight to be able to cut the weight. That's the part that just, it's just not fun, man. And 155 is definitely in my future. I don't know when, but it's definitely in the future for me. Yeah. That's, that was going to be my next question, but I know, I know you were suspended indefinitely by the, by the Texas commission have, and I know you've seen doctors as well. Like, have you been given like next steps time frame yeah. for like when you can get back in the gym and stuff? I just saw a neurologist, uh, two days ago and she cleared me. She, she was surprised when I was telling her I had, I had no concussion symptoms whatsoever. I have no nausea, no lightheadedness, no fogginess, no, um, no, no throwing up or anything like that. Uh, no light sensitivity, no uh, memory loss. She's just like, all right, and uh, no headaches at all. And she's she was pretty pretty surprised, and I'm I guess I'm a little bit surprised too because she's how surprised she was. But she said that uh, concussion symptoms can come seven to ten days later. She's like, after the ten day mark, uh, let me know. And if if you're not having any symptoms, then we don't have to worry about it. But, but if you are having any symptoms, we'll come back and do a, a MRI of your brain just to be safe. So, but right now, I think you just lay low, hang out, don't work out too crazy right now. Wait for the ten days to pass, and then we'll go from there. So that's what I'm gonna do. That's good news. Uh, I have to say one of my favorite moments of fight week and it warmed my heart to see it was that video of Michael Chandler saying, Hey, you want to, want to see who my favorite fighter on the roster is? And then he goes back and, and there you are. Cause that was amazing. Cause I know how much like yeah. admiration you have for him. What was that like for you? Knowing that the feelings mutual from, from Michael as well. And that was cool, man. I was super humble of him too. Like, uh, the dude is a really humble guy. Like I didn't know him personally. You know what I mean? Like I've only, talked to him a little bit on Instagram and heard like him shouting me out where I'm like, I don't know this guy. And he's, this is, this is pretty fucking humble of him. Cause I'm, I've been a fan of his forever. And, uh, to hear that he's a fan of mine. That's, that's cool to hear. And then they had that clip shot on, on the embedded. That was awesome. man. I got a lot of, a lot of props from that on, on Instagram and stuff. Like that. That, was, that was a really cool fucking guy. 
Yeah, that was that was such an amazing moment. I know. Were you able to like watch the card at the hospital at all? Like, did you see the main event? Yeah, I did. I did. He was a couple second, couple punches maybe away from winning the belt. So wild, and then see to see Oliveira bounce back like that was was pretty crazy. Yeah. Such a such a wild fight. Were you starting to get worried like after watching those like first round and a half? Like, oh man, I might not get better than anymore. Yeah, it definitely was. I was like, fuck, this is definitely me fighting like. Cause I, I, at that point, I didn't watch my fight, so I didn't know how exciting my fight, my fight was at that point, right? So I, I'm me watching that Chandler fight. I was like, this is a great fight. I was like, looking at my at my coach and my teammate, like, you guys sure I still got it? I was like, I don't know. Oh, good for you, man. I'm I'm happy that you got the bones. I'm happy you're in a good place, and now now I can stop bothering you. But uh, before I let you go, man, I, I I can't even begin to tell you like how many people have reached out like asking for updates, how you're doing, and I try to like send them to your YouTube channel, and finally I'm just like, all right, I'll try to get them on the show. But do you have like any message for your fans, like the people who have your back, that these people that continually ask about you and how you're doing, what do you want to say to those people? Thank you guys so much from the bottom of my heart. I mean, it, especially the ones that, that I don't know, because it's still a little bit weird to have fans. But uh, the ones I don't know personally, man, thank you guys so much from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate all the love, all the support. And um, I'm never really going to change when it comes to the way I bring it. But I'm going to be looking for the kill every single time I fight. You guys know what to expect from me. I think that's why the fans love me. And uh, I'm not going to change that part. So I appreciate you guys. And then to my friends, my family, you guys mean the world to me. You guys know my team. I love you guys. And I appreciate you for having me on, man. I really can't appreciate Shane Burgos enough. I mean, this guy, not just because of his fighting style and just what he brings to the cage every time he fights. I mean, the guy is just so exciting to watch, but he is just a warrior. And there are probably a hundred thousand other things he'd rather be doing than coming on this show, like relacing shoes or walking on hot coals and bare feet. But he still came on here and it was great stuff. So big thank you to Hurricane Shane Burgos. And uh, I just realized we're going from one hurricane to another. So let us transition to our next guest coming off her big win on Friday in scenic Uncasville, Connecticut. Here she is, Hannah Guy. All right, let us welcome in one of the big stars from this past weekend in MMA. She picked up her first win inside the Bellator cage. She did so against Valerie Lareda, unanimous decision victory, made her presence felt. At 125 pounds, happy to have the hurricane, Hannah Guy, joining us on the program. Hannah, how are you? I'm great. I'm back in this Mississippi heat. <laughs> there you go. Uh, congratulations on the win. It was a, a fantastic performance, no doubt about that. How does it all feel a few days later? Like, Has it sunk in what you've accomplished and, I guess, the fanfare you've received because of it? Yeah, it's honestly been crazy. Like, um, like my Instagram blew up a whole lot. I mean, I was kind of expecting that win or lose a little bit. Um, but yeah, just like flooded with so many messages. But um, not only from just that, but from all my friends and family, just like, I don't know, them sending their reactions like of during the fight was really special to me because a lot of them weren't able to be there, which I always have big you know, bring a big crowd to my fights. And I just wasn't able to obviously this time. Um, so that was like really special to be able to like watch all their reactions and everything. Um, but yeah, it, it, it still hasn't really sunk in. I feel like, because, uh, like I slept most of the day Saturday and every time I woke up, it was just like, Whoa, did that really happen? Like super weird. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because like those who had been aware of you and you mentioned you know, your friends and family and those watching you compete in your region from even as early as your amateur days, not many surprise folks out there that you were able to go in there and, and get a win like that against Valerie. But I was kind of surprised because, you know, I'd watched some film on you. I was aware of you, but I was surprised you were such a massive underdog heading into that fight. I think the odds makers had you at a four to one underdog or something to that, to that effect. Were you aware that all the odds makers saw you as such a big dog heading into this fight. Yeah, I didn't know it was going to be like that big of an underdog. Like I knew they were bringing me in because they thought Valerie can beat me. Like I was pretty sure. Um, but you know, I mean, we practiced all camp, how to get to the hips and, um, like whether I wanted to stand or not, which I hate that my, striking wasn't showcased as well as like what it really is because it's gotten so much better this camp and I'm not sure if it was like the big show lights or whatever 
Um, but my striking's like way better than what I showed you guys on Friday. But you know, my wrestling and jujitsu were still there, thankfully. So, um, but yeah, I was pretty confident I was gonna get it to the ground. So I was, uh, I guess, because all the people she's fought haven't been able to connect to her hips and like get her to the ground. Um, even though they were grapplers, so maybe that's why they thought I would be the same way. But there really hasn't been anyone that I haven't taken down before, even if they had good wrestling defense. So I think they just overlooked me, which is fine. I won some people some money, you know. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, like, what, what, what the biggest amount was that, that, that you won somebody? Somebody told me. I don't know if they're, like, being honest, but they said they put, like, 10 grand down. What? Yeah, but I'm not sure that that's true. Like somebody <laughs> actually put a thousand down, so they they made a good bit. But there you go. Uh, most people like five hundred or a hundred, you know, something like that. So <laughs> that's pretty darn impressive. Hopefully, they give you a little piece of that. I think that you would deserve that for sure. <laughs> yeah. So. Were there like, a, did you experience some nerves heading in? Like, I'm sure you're nervous for every fight. There has to be like some of that, those butterflies at least. But were you feeling, you know, a little more nervous considering the stage, you know, being on the main card, et cetera? Yeah, honestly, the closer to the fight it got, the better it was. Like right when I woke up, I was pretty anxious that day on Friday. And like as we got closer and closer to time, because I couldn't even report down to start wrapping my hands until seven which i mean it was just a sit sit around and wait game all day um and then even at seven i had two hours of warm-up wrap hands so i had plenty of time to just wait around still until nine so um but as it got closer to time the nerves really started to go away more and more it was just like time to actually do what i knew how to do you know so yeah things Things got a little hairy early in the fight because obviously, you know, you come out pretty aggressive. Valerie lands that combination, lands the left hook that that dropped you. And you seem to recover pretty quickly when when she let you back to your feet. And then you took her down not long after that. But was yeah. that just a uh, was that like a hey, good shot, kid kind of a, a knockdown or were, were you in some trouble there? Uh, I mean, I think it, it got me because honestly, I don't remember that making me fall to my butt. So I think I was out for a second, but I, but I do remember landing on my butt. And so like, that's when I came to, I guess, for a second. Um, so I was, you know, fine once I hit my butt, but yeah, she, she connected. She got me that one second. Um, so I guess I was in trouble for a second, but in the past I have a pretty strong trend and it showed in that, I guess, um, you know, had you been dropped like that before in a fight? Um, not to where I actually dropped, no. Um, which is surprising because I feel like I've fought way better people than Valerie, um, as far as like power in their hands and just skill in general. Like I fought her teammate Kayla, really, really good boxer. I fought Gina Gooden. She was like number one in the Southeast as an amateur, um, super strong. Um, and I've had, you know, I've seen White or whatever in fights many times. Um, but I guess that time it just kind of dropped me to my butt and I think it may have been the nerves just with all the big lights and everything too, you know, that does add a factor. Um, so who knows? I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the fight was despite the knockdown, the fight was very close to being finished on your end in the final minute because you locked in that arm bar. It was nasty. And then in the second round, you had her in big trouble again because you mounted her, you had her arm trapped, and you just landed those big shots, the punches and the elbows. And the referee was so close to stepping in there and stopping it, but she toughed her way out of it. Were you surprised yeah. at how tough she was and how she was able to escape some of those really difficult spots that you put her in? I mean, I know at this level you have to be tough, um, but I was surprised that she didn't tap to the arm bar because I had it multiple times. And as you can see on her social media, like, she's cast it up. So, I mean, she was a lot tougher than I thought she would be. I expected toughness. I always do. Um, but, yeah, she was definitely tougher than I thought she would be, for sure, especially on the ground. 
Yeah, the the first round was obviously very close. It could have gone either way. I know one judge gave it to you and the other two gave it to Valerie. And yeah. heading into the third round, Valerie's corner gave her a lot of tough love saying, you know, stop with the spinning stuff. They were very honest with her. So I'm curious what the advice was like on your end between the second and third rounds. I wasn't sure like how your corner was looking at the fight, how it was being scored and in that in that stuff. Yeah, honestly, don't remember a ton. <laughs> it was just like a big adrenaline rush. But I do know after the first round, my coach was like, she most likely won that round. You definitely have to win this round. And if it goes to the third, the third round. Um, so he was like, you're not really like punching how you need to be. So just shoot. If you need to just shoot, just do that. Um Cause it, it really does suck. Cause like, I don't know what was going on mentally there, but my striking has gotten so much better and it really sucks that I wasn't able to show that or utilize that. Cause it even made my wrestling not look as good. Cause I've been setting a lot of my shots up with, you know, punches like you should. Um, but anyways, but I do remember him saying I lost the first round. And I think after the second round, he was like, just do what you keep doing. Just keep taking her down, keep hurting her. You know, if you can get a finish, get a finish, whatever. But it was more encouraging after the second round when I did. Yeah. Like after the first round, like I was talking to one of my colleagues on our Slack channel and we we were both just like Valerie's arm is done. Like she, she couldn't really like lift it up as much anymore. I mean, she put on a poker face for sure and tried to battle through it. But did you notice that as well? That like her arm was, was in jeopardy there? Yeah. I mean, I, thought I heard it but I actually didn't notice as far as like her striking goes that she was having issues with it I didn't notice that but um I just thought maybe she was double jointed and it didn't bother or what because <laughs> I fought a girl like that one time and uh the ref stopped it because it was like going completely the other way and she still wasn't tapping and he was just worried about safety but um I don't know yeah she was really tough <laughs> that's all I could say you finished the fight on top in a dominant position, which pretty much sealed it for you. But you know how MMA can be and how the judging can go. And so when Michael C. Williams is announcing, you know, who won the fight, are you nervous at all? Like, or did you feel pretty confident? Like if I lose this fight, it's a, it's a total hose job by the judges. Yeah. I don't know. In the moment, I'm always like, well, I shouldn't leave it in the judges, but I'm hoping for the best right now. Um, I did felt, feel like you know it went my way the rest of the time second third round but i know there may be something i'm missing at the time in the moment or whatever so i always think something may have gone wrong you know something so i was i wasn't sure which way it would go but when i heard the scoring on the first round that all three judges gave it to somebody or one of the judges gave all three rounds to somebody i was just like oh well maybe i did win <laughs> yeah i'm sure hearing the 3027 we probably felt a little bit better yeah yeah for sure i have to tell you the the hannah guy little dance move at the end after <laughs> you got the the decision it stole a lot of hearts hannah it's it's been a very popular move throughout this past weekend amongst the staff here at MA fighting. I know our producer Casey who's on the line right now just loves doing the dance. He's been doing it like on every live stream we've been doing it afterwards. You, you kind of stole his heart along the way. Is there, is, is there a name for this dance move yet? No, <laughs> I don't guess so. <laughs> I was just being my goofy self. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that gift like going crazy? Yeah, I've seen it a little bit. Some people have been sending it to me. I'm just like, cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. And you, obviously, you you have received a lot of praise for your win. And on the other end, Valerie's been taking a bit of a beating on social media. And I'm sure you know this. The sport can be pretty tough when it comes to some of the fans. And I know she's probably used to getting some, some of that hate and, and getting chastised. But you know, like yourself, being so young in your career, personally, I, I think it's a little bit unfair with her being so young and same if, the, if it happened to you. But have you kind of noticed some of the harshness that she's gotten? And if so, how do you kind of react to all of that? Yeah, I mean, I can't be on her Instagram just all the time being like, no, she's great, whatever. But, um, you know, I definitely think people just don't understand the sport and 
they have no right to say anything. Even if she is like a terrible fighter, which I don't think she is. Um, even if she was, she's still getting in the cage and like, you know, calling people who just are just talking shit on social media. Like, nobody has a right to say anything. I think that's kind of messed up that, you know, people are just sending all that hate. When the other day, people were like, you know, whatever saying oh you're gonna knock her out whatever like people are just so finicky and it's ridiculous yeah but. it's 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 a rough sport it, it definitely could be a rough sport at times <laughs> but so she'll be fine yeah she'll whatever those fans don't matter anyways <laughs> when you w- w- when you signed for this fight was this a one one fight thing or did you sign a multi-fight deal with them yeah it was a one fight um hey lady come back Come here. Sorry, my dog's running off. Um, yeah, it was a one-fight deal, so we'll kind of see if Bellator wants me back or whoever. So I talked to my manager last night, and he said he would kind of explain where to Bellator, like what I wanted, and um, to he was going to make sure that you know whatever we signed or agreed to is exactly what I wanted for my future, and so. He's taking good care of me, making sure that, you know, whatever happens is going to be definitely in my favor and, and help me out. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if they even want me back or <laughs> whatever. I feel like I probably upset them a little bit, just, <laughs> uh, you know, beating their superstar, but whatever. <laughs> Did you talk to Scott Coker or anybody after the fight? No. no I just had my post-fight interview and then... You know, that was about it. Got paid and then just left the next morning. So haven't really talked to anybody on the Bellator side at all. Yes, of course, that your manager that you're speaking of is the the, the legendary uh, Matt Weibel. Great guy. Set this all up and uh, good to I know he was very happy after Friday night because not only you, but Jalil Willis also got a victory on the card. But uh, right. It, Say if if Bellator does resign you, and I think, or, or at least add fights to the contract, which I think they'd be kind of crazy not to do at this point. Is there any sort of matchups that stick out to you? Is there like, and, and even if they you don't resign with Bellator, any sort of dates stick out to you as far as like when you want to get back and fight again? Yeah, I think I would definitely want to fight again before the end of the year. Um, you know, I don't. Sometimes I get burnt out if I do like more than two a year or if they're too close together. So I definitely would like some time and not only time to just relax a little bit mentally, but because um, I'll still be training, but also to work on stuff and kind of figure out where that mental block is as far as my striking goes. So that under that kind of pressure, I can really show like um, show my striking off and utilize it a little bit more. So maybe take some boxing matches if I need to, kickboxing, whatever, just to get more comfortable on my feet. Um, because I know I have so much more growth to go. Um, so no matchups stick out to me necessarily, but I would like to fight before the end of the year for sure. So. And uh, last thing before I let you go, I, I have to say kudos to you on the walkout song selection because I think I was <laughs> – I think I was in sixth grade when Gangsta's Paradise came out from from the great Coolio, and it was off the yeah. soundtrack of like one of just just an awful movie, Dangerous Minds. Michelle Pfeiffer's in that, but that song when it came out was so massive, it was huge. So it kind of like brought me back to the days where life was a little bit easier. Hannah, is there is there a story behind that song and and why you chose it as your walkout? No, I love like old school like hip hop, but um, you know. I don't know. That song just gets me hype, but it also kind of like chills me out at the same time. I can't walk out to something that's like too, too hype because um, my nerves are kind of like get a little too going. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I just like the song. So that's where I walk out to. Big thank you to Hannah Guy for the time. I really think Bellator, I really, excuse me, I really think Bellator should probably go ahead and ink her up for a few more fights. She went in there, spoiled the party a little bit for them, and uh, there's been precedent set for that. A lot of times, fighters get brought over, the promotion, you know, maybe leaning one way. I'm not saying they're rooting for fighters, but Valerie Lorraine has become a star for them. They probably were confident that Valerie would... uh, would probably get the win. And and there's no... That's how you build prospects, but... 
Hannah went in there and spoiled the party, and hopefully they give her another shot in there. I, I think she deserves it, but we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. Just a reminder, normal schedule of shows this week. Next week, no on to the next one on the Podcast Network on Sunday. AK and I are taking the weekend off since there's no UFC, no Bellator. The last time there was no UFC event, there was a Bellator card, so we turned on to the next one to a Bellator show, but we don't even have that this week, so... AK and I, we're going to take a Sunday off and then we'll be back the following weekend after the Jarzinho Rosenstrike versus Augusto Sakai card on June 5th. This show next week will drop a day later on Wednesday instead of Tuesday and then everything else stays the same. Plus, we'll have the normal UFC events, live shows as well. But uh, that's that. So big thank you to all of you for checking out the show. Big thank you to Casey Lyon on the production. Big thank you to Jose and Alex on the social side. We are going to leave you with my conversation with Danny Sabatello coming off his big win on Friday. Have a heck of a week, everybody. All right, so for those of you familiar with the history of this program, it is pretty rare that we bring guests on back-to-back weeks. But you know what? The people demanded it. The MMA fighting staff demanded it. Our producer, Casey Lydon, demanded it. So we got to give the people what they want. Let us say hello once again to Danny Sabatello, who went into Mohegan Sun Arena at Bellator 259 on less than a week's notice and dominated. Brett John swept the scorecards and put the entire Bantamweight division on notice. Danny, congratulations. How are you, man? Thanks, man. Doing fucking great. How you doing? I'm doing great. You're looking like a couple Billy right now with the with the shades on. How you feeling, man? It's been it's been a few days. You let it all digest, but something tells me that you didn't really have to digest much because you knew this was going to happen. You went in there and did exactly what you said you were going to do. How does it all feel a few days later? Yeah, it all feels good. I think it's all kind of sunken in now. Um, you know, I've always like dreamt of doing that and uh, putting on a performance like that after under the circumstances that that happened and all that. Um, but to go out there and actually like execute that game plan and, and to have it all go in my favor that night, uh, w- was just awesome. You know, I said that I was going to go in there and beat the shit out of that guy. A lot of people thought that I was crazy for saying that, you know, Brett Johns has a long list of guys that he's just whooped up on. And I, and I made him my bitch essentially, uh, with all due respect to him. Um, and it was just awesome, man. I, I'm just really happy right now. What was the rest of, of fight week like for you taking this on sure? I know you were in quarantine when we spoke and I know, how horrifying that can be. You just want to get out of the damn room, but you can't until you get that email saying you're clear and ready to go. But the rest of the week, like the, the weight cut and everything, taking the fight on such short notice, what was that like the rest of the week heading into the fight? Yeah, fight week sucked, to be honest with you. Just because the whole uh, protocols with Corona and all that, there's not much you can do to cut weight, especially right when I got there, which was uh, Sunday. I had uh, quarantine for 24 hours. So I'm in my hotel room, and I'm a, a boat load over, you know, so I'm just like shadow boxing, jumping rope in my hotel room, trying to get this damn weight off. So, you know, it sucks uh, with all the protocols that you need to do. But I mean, if if it's that's necessary to fight, then you got to do it. Um, I went into that fight week knowing that the toughest part about that trip is going to be the weight cut, you know, cutting all that weight. And in that short amount of time is just a not fun thing to fucking do. But I got it done because I'm a champ like that, and um, and then I performed like one. How much weight did you actually have to cut? Like when you got to Mohegan on Sunday, what what was your weight at? Um, well, I know the commission doesn't like it when you cut a ton of weight, and uh, I don't know if they're listening right now. So if I gave a number and they didn't like it, they could find me. So I'll just say it was around uh, a pound, maybe two pounds. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. There you go. You know, you, you came in ready to go and, you know, cutting two pounds probably sucks. And I'll, I'll, I'll let, I'll let it stand there. This was overall a pretty big deal. Like I, I knew you felt like this would happen, but it doesn't take away the fact that, you know, Brett's a pretty good name to have on your resume. Does that, that obviously means something to you, right? Like, or, or is it not as sweet because you felt that it would go that way? Like expectations to what it feels like now, is it, kind of like weighing evenly for you or how, how does it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. This is definitely the feeling that I thought I would have. And, and it's probably the best feeling that you can have as a fighter. You know, these fighters envision something that they want and they work for it and they train for it and they sacrifice for it. And I did all that. And then you go out there and you actually do it. It's the greatest feeling ever. You know, this is what I wanted. This is, this is the exact type of shit that I work for and, uh, to get it done, to uh, go out there and perform. I just wish that there was fans in there. Um, 
I'm sure a lot of them would have been booing me, which I love as well. You know, boo me. That's fine. Go fuck yourselves too. So um, I wish I had the fans, but anything uh, other than that, it, it was a perfect trip. What did you take away from the first Bellator experience? Like outside of the win, was there any part of the ambiance, like getting the introduction in that cage, the stage was like, was there anything that made you feel like, you know what, that was, that was pretty damn cool. Yeah. You know, Bellator is very professional. I love fighting for them. Um, I was blown away by everything that they did for us. You know, they treat us like Kings over there. I was very happy with that. You know, I kind of had a feeling that that was going to be the case because a lot of guys at ATT fight at Bellator. They're always talking about how awesome it is. So I was very looking forward to that. Um, they executed on their end. And then one other thing that I'd say I was a little bit surprised was um, how calm I was before the fight. Uh, before the fight um, in the octagon, when I came into the cage, I, I was just really calm and just still so confident that I was going to smash this motherfucker. And then when he came in, he came in screaming, and I don't know if you guys could see it on the on the feed or not, but he was screaming, and and that kind of even gave me a little bit more edge, knowing that you know what, this guy's fucking seventeen and two, and he's screaming, trying to get himself hyped up like it's a movie, you know, it it it, it put more confidence in my mind that wow, man, I'm I'm calm as a cucumber in here, and he's going berserk. This is my time. Yeah. Do, do you think there's a part of that? I mean, I mean I'm not saying like every fighter like listens to all the interviews I do, but there were some clips that came out from that interview that, that made its way onto Instagram and got a lot of traction and a lot of views. Do you think there's a chance that maybe he saw what you said about him and maybe that fired him up a little more, try to take some of that confidence level down for you a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I talk my trash because it's fun to me, but it's also uh, kind of mind games. It's mental warfare in here as well. Um, I, I said a couple of things to him face to face at the face off that I think got in his mind and he didn't really know how to handle it. Um, but man, a, a lot goes into fighting and a lot goes into the fight before the fight that people don't understand. You know, people are going to be saying, oh, I'm so disrespectful with my trash talk, but they're fucking retarded. They don't get it. You know, they don't understand what's going on here. When I talk my trash, it, it's, a, it's a little bit to get in my opponent's head. And um, I think I got in that guy's head. What did you say to him when you guys were facing off after the weigh-ins? Uh, I just let him know we should get some fish and chips afterwards. <laughs> okay. Did you get some FaceTime with uh, with the big boss after the fight or, or anybody in, in the Bellator brass at all? No, I didn't. I really wanted to uh, talk to Scott Coker and, you know, kind of just formally introduce myself and meet him, um, see what he thought about the performance and all that. But um, I'm sure along the line, I'm going to, I'm going to meet him here soon, but, um, yeah, I would, I would love to talk to Scott. Did Burt Watson get you hyped up? Dude, Burt Watson is the man. <laughs> I didn't, I've never really been around him. I've always heard stories about him, how energetic he is and awesome. Dude, that guy is pumping up the fighters the whole fight week. It, it's awesome. That guy's my favorite. <laughs> He's the man. I was so happy when they brought him on board. It was, it was such a good call, man. Like such, such a good guy underrated. And I know a lot of the guys like in that were formerly in the UFC that got to work with him that are in Bellator now are just so happy that he's around, man. So that was the first time you really got to like feel that energy from him. Yeah. And, and I loved it, dude. I, I know he might not be everybody's cup of tea, I guess, but he is so passionate and so energetic, uh, before the face-offs, we're all standing there and he has given us maybe like a 10 minute hype up session. And I loved it. I mean, I was like looking around to see if the other fighters were kind of feeling it. And it really, for the most part, seemed like everybody was loving it. I mean, that guy, that guy's awesome. Yes. It was, uh, it was funny because like, right. You were mentioning how some of your teammates at ATT were telling you like, dude, come to Bellator. It's awesome. And like probably two or three hours after I talked to you, I talked to Austin Vanderford and he was like, yeah, man, I told him to come. And when he found out that you got the spot, he was like, F yeah. Like, so when you got the opportunity and you both went in there and got wins, like that must've been a pretty cool moment to, to share that with him because he was one of the guys that really helped you make that decision. Like, dude, take this Bellator opportunity. You're going to love it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Austin's the man. He's, he's a really good friend of mine down here. Ever since he moved, I was uh, pretty pumped that he joined the team at ATT. Um, and I'm very happy that, that he won. I, I was slamming shots, watching him tear that guy up Friday night. That was awesome. 
Um, but yeah, there's not just him. There's Cody Law. There's Dalton Rosto. There's Johnny Eblen. You know, the list goes on. Sabaho Masi. There's so many Bellator killers at ATT, and and we've uh, really all like kind of talked about how much we love this promotion, and and the sky's the limit for really all of us. You know, we're all kind of like looking out for each other. We feel like uh, we're a team of killers. I think uh, we went three and one because uh, Alex Shabili also won on Friday night. It was another ATT stud. So, you know, ATT is coming to take over Bellator. I loved watching the fight because Mara Ronaldo was, was essentially taking the transcripts from our conversation saying like, he, look at this guy. He's coming in on his first fight. He's going to, He's got to expletive up the our champion, Sergio Pettis, but he's got to go in there and beat this guy first. And, you know, you felt like you could F up most of the guys in this division. And then you took it to Instagram after the fight and you kept your message very simple. And you just said, you're all left. You're all in big trouble. Like, I'm not going to say that word if you want to say go right ahead. But yeah, why just those three words? I just want them to know that, man, I'm not, I'm not messing around. And and I know everyone, you know, talks trash some po- at some point. I'm going to keep talking trash because I know how good I am. You know, I didn't even have a fight in the promotion and I'm already calling out the champion. That's probably never been fucking done before. But I say that because it's the truth. And honestly, it's not really even trash talk. I, I say I'm going to fuck up Sergio Pettis. That's not, sir- that's not trash talk. That's just a fact. If we fight, I will fuck that guy up. So I think the, the whole... Uh, the whole bantamweight division is fucked because I don't know who I'm going to fight. You know, I, I anticipate a lot of guys trying to duck me, but you know, you can only duck me for so long. Um, I don't know who my next fight is against. I don't know who I'm going to fight in two fights or three fights. So I'm just letting them all know it doesn't matter which one of you guys it is. You're all fucked. I saw during the post-fight interview you did with the media, you called out Jornel Lugo and Josh Hill. Is is that accurate? And if so, why why those two gentlemen? Yeah, so I don't think I'm going to get Sergio or Juan right off the get-go. Um, that's just kind of the way it goes. Um, and then Higo and Darian Caldwell just fought, so I don't really know their timeline. You know, I know a lot of people are pussies, and they don't really like fighting actively throughout the year. You know, So they might want to take a little bit of time off. Um, I know Patrick Mix and James Gallagher are having their little pussy ass game of who's going to keep backing out first. So I, I don't know if they're fighting each other or what. And then just went down the list really that that ended up on Josh Hill and Jornel Lugo, you know, because I do want another ranked opponent next fight. I think I deserve another ranked opponent. Um, and those two names just made sense, you know, and, and I also see myself fucking up either of those guys. You know, I didn't want to just call out one person because I figured, you know what? they're probably going to duck me. So I call out two people. Chances are I land one of them. So whichever one of those bitches, it, it doesn't matter. You've become like a, a topic of conversation since our chat last week. Like even in some of the live chats that we've done, people have been asking about you and whether they like you or not. I guess like the question I keep having for anybody is like, no matter who it is, whether it's Sergio or, or Archuleta or Patchy Mix or any of these guys, if you get these guys on their back, it's going to be so hard for them to get up. Like they can like your style, hate it. No matter what you get a guy on the ground, it's going to be very difficult for them to get back to their feet. So like who can stop that right now? Like, is there anybody in this? And and I'm not saying it's like pump your tires or anything like that. I'm just actually curious at this point, like who in this Bellator Bantamweight division can get off their back. If you're on top of them, none of them, nobody can. And I saw he goes fight. He was uh, fighting off his back. That whole fight, you know, he spends more time on his back than my ex-girlfriend. It's crazy. You know, I'm going to take these guys down and they're not going to be able to stop it. And even if I don't take them down because maybe I want to play along on the feet, then they're screwed on their feet. You know, I could fight these guys all on my feet, but the problem is fighting a little bit on the feet is just a little bit more risky. You know, uh, the margin for error on the feet isn't very, isn't as much as it is uh, on the ground. So I take it to the ground. Because I know once I take it to the ground, this is a done deal, man. I'm going to smash these fucking guys. You know, they're dead. I take you down, fight's over. Done. You're not getting out. That's it. You're getting punches and elbows to the face. Maybe a submission. Doesn't matter. So to answer your question, none of them can stop it. You look at it stylistically, Sergio Pettis. I mean, you could try to sprawl on me. It's just not going to work. Yeah, they're all fucked. <laughs> what do you like? What have you made of Darian Caldwell? I, I know you you mentioned that fight a couple of times, and I feel like with the athleticism he has, some of the the gifts that he has that a lot of fighters don't like, 
he should be a lot of people feel like he should be a world champion right now, but for some reason there's just something holding him back. Do you have an answer to that question? Like, do you know what might be wrong with him at this point? Like he's, he's, he's so good. Like we've seen flashes of brilliance from him, but it just seems like these last few fights. I don't know, man. Yeah, he should be better than he is. And especially against a guy like Higo, who kind of sucks, you know, he should be beating that guy. Um, People don't understand how mental this sport is, man. You know, you can have all the physical gifts, but if you don't have it up here, it forget about it. It doesn't matter. You're not going to accomplish anything. So, you know, I don't really necessarily want to say what's wrong with his fighting. I don't know, you know, who knows? Nobody has an answer, but it's, it's definitely got to be a little bit mental, you know, but once he figures out the mental side, that guy can be pretty good. You know, he might be second best in the weight class. I don't know, but, um, yeah, he's, he's got to find that, find it mentally as do a lot of fighters, man. A lot of people have a lot of talent in this sport and they just don't have it mentally. And, and the mental part is the most important part. You know, if you, if you're not confident and you don't have it put together mentally and you're not ready to go in there for war and accepted all consequences, accepted that you might win, you might lose, you might get knocked out, you might die. Once you accept that, man, it's easy. You go in there, you're calm, but you got to love that shit. When did you learn that lesson? Is that something like you've always had, or is that something you've had to sort of learn and teach yourself along the way? Yeah, I've had this my whole life. You know, I've been kind of a fighter my whole life. Uh, I've been fighting my whole life. Um, you know, obviously you don't want the dangers to come with the sport, but that's kind of what the sport, what makes the sport that good is the dangers that come with it. Um, I've always been kind of a passionate, you know, motivated, energetic type of person. And you could also see that in my fighting. Um, you know, I, I, I've just always kind of had that chip, you know, I've, I, I just, to bot, the bottom line is I just love beating the shit out of people. That's, it's really simple. Any sort of time frame when we're looking to, to get the sophomore appearance in the Bellator cage? Yeah, hopefully sooner than later, man. You know, again, I, I like fighting and I'm a very active fighter. I like having four fights a year. You know, half of fighters are pussies. They fight one time a year and then they fucking bounce. Who knows where the fuck they go? They don't really like fighting. I love fighting. I want to fight ASAP. I will fight tomorrow. I will fight in the street. Doesn't matter to me. So I'm thinking um, August, my ideal time frame would be Jornel Lugo or Josh Hill in August. That would be perfect. There you go. And you've sent the message to the Bantamweight division at Bellator already. Danny, congratulations, man. You, you come on here, you say these things and some people might have a problem with it, but when you go out there and you back it up the way that you did, there's not much people can say. So congratulations. Can't wait to see it again, man. And when that happens, you got to come back on here. We'll make this sort of a ritual at this point, because if I don't, our producer's going to be very upset with me. So thank you for the time, man. Congratulations on a great performance once again. Thanks again, bro. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Ability and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.